have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 15. Matthew, chapter number 15. I got this thing on, don't I? Is it all right? All right. I got the thumbs up. I want to thank the Lord for his presence first and foremost. There's not one thing that can be done unless he is in the house. I thank him for the faithfulness of God's servant to preach to us the truth about God's grace. And I am certainly thankful that he could speak beyond the law. And he didn't just speak, he acted and did what was necessary for you and me. I thank you, Brother Thacker, for the message. And uh, if you're willing and able, would you stand as we read? I'm just bringing to you what has been in my heart over the past few weeks, preaching to our own church family. I want to look at verse number 21. The, then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David, for my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her, Not. A word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. That's a reference to pet dogs. But he is referring here 
between the difference of Israel and the Gentiles. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You can be seated tonight. The emphasis in all of this chapter is that people could come to Jesus. If you read it, there are four different groups of people who come to Jesus. Scribes and Pharisees in verse 1 Verse 12, the disciples came to Jesus. Verse number 30, great multitudes came to Jesus. And here in our text, this little woman came to Jesus. Aren't you glad you can come to Jesus? The only reason she could come to Jesus Entire and Sidon was because Jesus had come to where she was at. Oh, don't you remember when he came to you where you were at? There's several emphasis in this text, but I just want to deal with one of them tonight. For my time. I want to emphasize that this woman communicated with Jesus. She came to Jesus. She cried to Jesus. But she communicated to Jesus. For all through this narrative. She is talking to the Lord. And before it's all said and done, Jesus is talking back to her. You'll find that she appeals to Jesus in verse 22, Have mercy on me. She acknowledges Jesus in verse 22, O Lord, thou son of David. She adores Jesus in verse 25, where she worships him and cries out, Lord, help me. She acknowledges.
acknowledges or agrees with Jesus when he said that the bread cannot be cast to the dog. She said truth, Lord. She agrees. She acknowledged. She is acknowledged by Jesus when he said, O woman, great is thy faith. And she is answered by Jesus. He said, Be it unto thee as thou wilt. There was a line of communication between her and the Savior. And tonight, if that line of communication gets broken... In your life and my life, we will never get what we desire for our lives. And tonight, we better, we better not let anything break that line of communication. Uh, this woman uh, uh, did not allow that to happen. Uh, her heart was breaking for the need of her daughter. Her, her heart's desire was to see deliverance for her daughter. And we find that she continues to communicate with Jesus even when he doesn't respond, even when he talks not directly to her by name or pronoun, but thank God at the end of the story, he says unto her, Woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee as thou wilt. When you and I stop communicating with Jesus, it's like a boat that raises its sail and there is no wind. It will not sail. It's like a putt that never reaches the hole. It will never go in. It's like somebody falling down before they reach the goal line. They never score. Oh, we need to communicate. We need to converse and commune with our Savior. She could have allowed a lot of things to distract her and discourage her and uh, uh, dampen her. But I'm glad that she never uh, allowed that line of communication uh, to become broken. Three things I'll say uh, and I'll be done. Number one, uh, in this communication, uh, this woman never loses feeling. I did not say Feelings. I said feeling. We got a lot of feelings in the Baptist church. In fact, you probably brought a lot of them with you to this service tonight. 
But the emphasis is not on feelings, but she never lost her feelings. You say, what do you mean? She never lost her passion. She never lost her drive. That brought her to Jesus to begin with. She never lost that earnest plea that her daughter needed help that only Jesus could give. A lot of feelings may arrest in this congregation. There may be feelings of discouragement. You may have feelings that are hurt. You may be having feelings of disappointment. Feelings of distress. Feelings of hopelessness. Feelings of anger. Feelings of bitterness. Feelings of madness. Feelings of unforgivingness. Feelings of betrayal. But you can't can't, lose that feeling. That drive and passion. That brings you to the foot of the Savior. She never lost feeling. The burden of this mother remained heavy. The tears of this mother uh, were hot on her cheek. The heart of this mother remained passionate. Uh, The will of this mother remained determined. uh, And the spirit of this mother uh, remained affectionate. Uh, We need not lose that feeling, uh, that power, uh, that passion, uh, that drive that brings us to Jesus. But secondly tonight, she not only never lost feeling, but she never lost focus. Her intent throughout the whole line of communication never changed. Her intent was coming to Jesus, pleading and conversing and communicating to Him that her daughter was grievously vexed with the devil and she cries out for mercy toward the Lord. Now, Think with me. Here is a mother broken hearted. She respectfully comes to the Savior and cries for mercy. And you would you would think that Jesus would have recognized her. But I, and I want to say this. Jesus nowhere in this text rejects her. Nowhere in this text does he ever say, depart, get out of here. He never does that. This woman never loses focus. She keeps her eyes on Jesus. 
She had a lot of things to distract her. When, uh, when she came to him and he said nothing, wonder how that made her feel. She was a Gentile. She was uh, of a Tyre and Sidon. She uh, had no claim uh, on the Savior. She had no right uh, really to address him as the son of David. She was not a Jew. Her pedigree, if she got her eyes on her pedigree, she would have lost focus on why she was there. And a lot of times as Baptists, we get our eyes off of Jesus and on ourselves. She could have walked away and said, poor little me. He offended me. He wouldn't even say nothing. He did not even respond to my request. But I know I'm not a Jew. I'm not a princess. I'm not a dignitary. I'm just a sorry old Gentile. And that's just the way it is. And that's how we go a lot of times out of our service. We walk away. We feel sorry for ourselves. We're petting our little hurts and our little wrongs and we lose our focus on Jesus. She was not only distracted by her pedigree, could have been distracted by her pedigree, she could have been distracted by her predicament. She had a daughter that was demon-possessed. She had a daughter that had been mistreated uh, and violently uh, uh, misused by uh, this uh, possession that was in her life. And uh, when Christ did not respond to her request, uh, she could have took her eyes off of Jesus uh, and thought, well, uh, it's just too big uh, for anybody to do anything about. Uh, there's just no hope. Uh, Why, well, I thought he would say something to me. Uh, give me some kind of hope. That's the way we would act uh, in our own life. Uh, we would go to looking at how hopeless the situation is. And some of you are sitting there tonight. You've got circumstances in your life that seem like can never change. You took your eyes off of Jesus and you're looking at your circumstance. You're like Peter walking on the water. You've looked at Jesus and you've walked a little ways. But now you've got your eyes on the waves and the winds are blowing and you've lost your focus but this woman this woman never did take her eyes off of Jesus Hallelujah. She had uh, opportunity, her pedigree, uh, her predicament, uh, and even people uh, she could have got her eyes on people of all things people. You say, who? The disciples. Why, if they'd have said that to me, it'd hurt me. 
Have you ever been hurt by something somebody has said to you? But let me ask you another question. Have you ever said something to hurt somebody else? She, she could have got her eyes on people. And there's some sitting here tonight. You're looking at people's lives. Your life is defeated. The line of communication with the Savior has been broken. Oh, you need to get your eyes back on Him instead of looking at your problems. Instead of looking at people, they're going to fail you. They're going to disappoint you. They're going to fall short. But I'm here to tell you there's one that will never break His word one who will always be there his name is Jesus she never lost focus I'm thankful that this woman did not let people Stand in her way. She's like blind Bartimaeus. He go to crying out down there in Jericho. And the people said, Hush, boy. Hush, don't be so loud. And the Bible said he cried so much the more. He didn't let people stand in his way. And some of us, uh, we've let people get in our way uh, and we've lost our joy, we've lost our drive, uh, we've lost our feeling to serve God, uh, we've lost a burden for those that are unsaved. Uh, We need to get our eyes off of people and on Jesus. Number three. She not only never lost her feeling, she never lost her focus, but I am thankful she never lost faith. Faith is defined as a complete and assured confidence in the Lord and His abilities to act and do. This desperate mother never lost her confidence that she had in Christ and His ability to deliver her daughter from her terrible bondage. When her faith should have been weakened, it became stronger and more determined. Hallelujah. I am thankful, oh, that her faith was more determined. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing throughout all this conversation. 
He is drawing out. He is developing her faith until finally at the end he grants her her desire not because he breaks any law but because, thank God, it's just crumbs from the master's table. She never lost faith. Did you know that her faith was initiated by what she heard? Mark said about this uh, this narrative uh, that she heard about him. Hallelujah. And she came to him. What she heard about him caused faith to be initiated in her heart that she could trust him to meet the need of her daughter. Oh, tonight she had heard that the blind had been made to see. The deaf had been made to hear. The lame had been made to walk. The dead had been raised up to life. The lepers were cleansed. She had heard about him. Do you remember when you heard about him? I'm glad I heard about him from a man of God that told me the story of Jesus. Hallelujah. Faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In the Old Testament, uh, uh, Rahab heard about him. Hallelujah. And when those two spies came, she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint for you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what he did unto of the two kings of the Amorites uh, that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon, and Og, uh, whom ye utterly destroyed. Uh, and as soon as we heard these things, uh, our hearts did melt. Uh, this woman, uh, this woman, this mother uh, had heard about Jesus uh, and faith, uh, faith came into her heart. Uh, I'm glad I heard about him. I'm glad somebody told me about him. Somebody led me to him. Somebody brought him to me. Hallelujah tonight. Faith is initiated by what we hear. But her faith was cultivated through her hardship. Throughout their conversation, the faith of this desperate mother was strengthened, bolstered, and developed, but not how you think it would be. For you see, you might, if you had been writing the story, 
when she came and said, Oh, thou son of David, have mercy on me, for my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. If you and I had been writing it, we would have said this. And Jesus turned and showed her compassion, reaching out his hands in love and in mercy. That's how we would have written the story. But it didn't happen that way. It didn't happen through kindness and goodness being shown to her. In fact, the very opposite is true. For you see, Jesus did not even speak a word to her. Not to be rude to her, but to draw out her persistence, to draw out her faith, to bring it to the climax where he could give to her what she desired in her heart. Hallelujah. We're not made on the mountain. We're made down in the valley. We're not made in blessings. We're made in the blights of our life, in the struggle times of our life. That's where God makes us. David was not made on a mountain. David was made in a valley fighting a giant. Hallelujah. I am glad for the hard times. I am glad for the trials and the troubles of life they drive me to trust in God they draw out my faith my trust my confidence in his abilities her faith was cultivated by her hardships she's in good company there was a man by the name of Joseph, whose faith was made in his hardships, when David should have had his faith destroyed by the bitterness he would feel toward his own brethren, by the slander and mistreatment of Potiphar's wife, by the unfairness of life, by putting him in a dungeon. All of those things could have destroyed Joseph's faith, but they did not destroy him. They defined him. They bolstered him. They developed him into the man God wanted him to be. He was raising up a deliverer for Joseph. Joseph Joseph was delivering himself through the providence of God, but he delivered his family. Hallelujah. They were going to face famine, but God raised him up to save his family. But God wasn't just interested in Joseph. 
and his family. God was interested in raising up a nation by the name of Israel. And God wasn't just interested in a nation to raise up, but God was interested in a tribe of Judah that would raise up a king and a savior and the Messiah would come through him. Hallelujah tonight. She never lost faith. In the New Testament, Paul was of the same cut. The shipwrecks, the hatred of those who wanted to kill him, the despising of the Pharisees and and the religious leaders, the abuse and mistreatment, In all of his prison experiences, the departures of St. Mark and Demas, uh, all of these things uh, could have destroyed Paul, uh, but hallelujah, they did not destroy him. Uh, They defined him. Uh, They lifted him up. They caused him to put his faith, his trust, his confidence not in himself, but into the Lord. Some of us, our faith has become weak. The same is true about this desperate woman and her faith being strong. And brother... Uh, Brother Andrew, y'all can come around and just be ready to sing. I'm fixing to land this plane. You see, the very things that should have battered this mother's faith build it up. The things that should have bittered her heart bettered her faith. The very things that would have bashed her to her knees was the very thing that bolstered her and caused her to stand. The very things designed to dismantle her faith are the very things that developed her faith. The very things meant to hurt her faith, it helped her faith. The very things that should have impeded her faith had ignited her faith. It had exploded in her heart. She was putting her trust In Christ. I want to say this and I'm done and they're going to sing. The last thing Jesus says to her before he grants her her desire. He says it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs, the pet dogs. That's the term. And she said, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Christ, she says, says it right. 
It is not fair to cast the children's bread to the dogs underneath the table. And as if, as if to say, by calling me a dog, a pet dog, you almost grant what I desire. Because you can do what I desire without breaking your standard or breaking your law. I understand that the bread goes to the children. I'm not wanting you to break that standard. I'm just saying that if I'm a pet dog, the master can throw some crumbs on the floor to where I'm at. I'm here to tell you the best gifts are found on the low shelves of life. Hallelujah. That's what what she is saying. Uh, She said you don't have to break your law, your standard. Uh, All you need to do is just give me a few little crumbs uh, and that will satisfy me. Uh, And that's the way he has always done it. Uh, When Christ came, uh, he did not break the law. Uh, God did not give us a salvation uh, uh, that was free in the sense uh, That payment was never made. Payment was made by Christ. Hallelujah. So God could be justified in saving a sinner like me. I got some crumbs off the table. God fulfilled His law in Christ. He did not break the law. Hallelujah. That's how she got what she wanted that that she never lost her feeling she never lost her focus and she never lost her faith let's stand tonight who's who do you have your eyes on where's your faith at i'm not trusting in chariots and horses i'm trusting in the lord of glory Oh, listen, while they sing, God's spoken to your heart. Some of you are looking at people when you need to keep looking to Jesus while they sing.